Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and parenting is too serious to be serious all the time. Thanks for being here. My name is Christy Thomas. I am the founder and developer of PlayForLifeMoms.com. Let's jump in. I'm so excited to talk with Joyce Shulman today. She's the pack leader of 99 Walks, an idea junkie, an entrepreneur, addicted skier, recovering lawyer, fitness fanatic, joyful wanderer, and author. And don't forget TED Talk speaker because I found Joyce because of her TEDx talk about walking leading to less loneliness. Hi, Joyce. I am so glad to have you here. Um, Let's say hi to everyone. (laughs) Hey, you guys. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here. So in the introduction, you heard that Joyce is the pack leader for 99 Walks, and I am a 99 Walks member. This is not sponsored. I reached out to Joyce, and I wanted to have her on because I think that all moms need more movement in their day, and walking is such an easy thing. So Joyce, tell us about your walking history. How did you get started on this? Oh my gosh. So my walking history goes back about to my childhood, certainly to middle school. My middle school was about two miles from my house and I didn't walk home every day. I I got a ride to school. My dad actually was a teacher at the middle school I went to for a year and then he took a sabbatical. Um, but there were several days, uh, a couple of days a week that I would walk home. And I just remember having that time to transition from a busy school day to Mm -hmm. being home and having that time out in nature. And it just always felt like it was truly this little pocket of time that I owned. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if that really makes sense, but that's how it felt. Um, So I remember that to this day. And then uh, there's a second memory that kind of follows along with that. I was in high school and I came home from school one day and my dad took a look at me And he said, go for a walk and then we'll talk because it was obvious from the way I walked through the front door that something bad had happened Uh during that day. I don't know, you know, grades, teachers, boys, whatever. All sorts of things, yeah. (laughs) All sorts of things in middle school or in high school. So I dropped my bag and I went out and I took a two mile walk in our neighborhood. And I remember how when I walked back into my house, my whole mood had shifted. And honestly, that I remember that day so clearly, and that was the start of my using walking as kind of part of my mental and emotional health. That's huge. Um, I always thought that walking felt like, you know, the ultimate form of freedom to me as a kid. Like when I got permission yes. to walk around by myself, it was like the whole world is like mine. Like yes, I get exactly. to be me. Yeah. Yep. And then when you realize, where did you grow up? Did you grow up suburban? Um, urban? Yeah, in, suburban in Michigan. Yeah. You realize that if you have enough time, you can walk pretty far. And for me, 100%, it was that sense of freedom as well. Yeah, it was like, it, it's still such a memory, like the rush of being able to explore and choose my path. So... Yes, exactly. 
So how I re- I've watched your TED talk and I think that in motherhood, walking has been an important thing for you too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I tell the story of uh, some shortly after my son was born uh, and he was born in February in New York. So and he was an emergency C-section. Actually, he was born the end of January, I should okay. say. Uh, emergency C-section and January, February in New York. And it was grim. It was grim. That whole adjustment to motherhood, that is not easy. It is not easy at all. And I have another clear memory. It's interesting, right? So many of my memories are around this sense of freedom and walking. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful day in February, very unusual. And my husband and I put the baby in a stroller and we went for a walk. Not long because I was still beat up from the C-section and I was beat up from not sleeping. and I was beat up from the breast beating. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Motherhood entry is rough. Like, we don't talk about it enough. For sure. And we went for this walk just down a street right around the corner from our house. And it was beautiful. And I felt normal for Mm -hmm. the first time. And gosh, I don't articulate it this way often enough. But that sense of freedom that you you put such a, a finger on. And I remember thinking like, oh, maybe I can do this. Yeah. So there was that there was that moment as well. And then fast forward many years. And one of my favorite things to do is to walk with my girlfriends. That makes total sense. So have you always walked with your girlfriends? Did you ease into that transition naturally? Or is it something you had to be intentional about setting up? It's that's such a good (laughs) question. It is something I had to be intentional because for me, walking was always solitary. Mm hmm. It was always that time to myself, and it's incredibly valuable for that as well. But as I got increasingly busy, mm-hmm. as we all are, like too busy, right? Busyness is a problem, yep. at least for me. Yeah, it's a badge um, we wear. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a ba- like a badge of honor, right? Uh-huh. How busy you are is your badge of honor, which is insane, but that's <laughs> another conversation. So I started to realize that if I walked with my friends, I checked three boxes at one time because I got to get some exercise. Mm -hmm. I got to be outside in nature and I got to have a really robust, great conversation with my girlfriends. And I started to realize that the conversations we had while walking were special. They were different. Mm -hmm. Totally. So Do you walk with your friends or do you walk by yourself or what's your usual? So right now I haven't been walking with friends because of social distancing, but usually we were meeting up at least once a week um, after the kids got on the buses and we'd go for a walk. And it was really great conversation, conversation that we a wouldn't be able to have with our kids around. And then B just that ability to pause during the conversation Mm -hmm and have uncomfortable silences or what would be an uncomfortable silence face to face. Exactly. Like imagine how weird sitting over a cup of coffee with somebody and just staring at them silently for 20 (laughs) seconds, like really weird. So weird, but really (laughs) natural when you're walking because there's all sorts of stimulus around you and it's okay to have some quiet space in your walk. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, walking has been really meaningful to me. As a new mom, I um, moved when I was 36 weeks pregnant with my firstborn, and we flew cross-country, and the Navy moved us. So I was brand new to a whole new place, new doctor, new everything, 
new neighborhood and walking always makes someplace feel like home to me mm-hmm. um we're in the military so we've moved 10 times now in the last 16 years and walking is what makes the neighborhood feel like home because i get to notice like the details of things that you wouldn't notice when you were just driving around and so walking with a newborn pushing a stroller and feeling the sunshine and getting used to this new strange place um yeah was a lifeline and then from there i went on to teach some like stroller fitness classes that were all the rage back in 2006. I'm, I'm curious, when you were walking in new communities uh-huh. with a newborn, did you find that you were striking up conversations with people? I mean, babies babies and dogs are such great conversation starters. So yes and no. Um, it depended on the town, really, because uh, we've lived on like both the East and the West Coast. And the West Coast town where I had my newborn girls, um, was a lot of old retired people. So there wasn't a lot of outside foot traffic. So it was just me walking through old abandoned houses actually on an old military base. So it was just nice time. All right, so you had that. Yeah. Yeah, you had that walking, (laughs) that freedom. Yeah, that freedom part of, yeah. Like when we got older and they were like, our destination was to like to go to the playground. Then it was easy to strike up conversations when we were building in like the motivation for my toddlers to hang out in this double wide stroller and deal with yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you um, always lived in the same town, Joyce? No, I grew up in a town uh, about an hour and a half from where I live now. And okay. then when I graduated from school, I moved to the city, to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked there for about a dozen years. And then my husband, who's also my business partner, and I moved to the very east end of Long Island. Oh, excellent. Uh, where we have been sort of set up ever since. Yeah. So did when you moved, did you find that walking helped you? Do you find that same combination of yeah, I, walking makes a place feel like home? Uh, you know, when you live in New York City, uh-huh. you walk all the time. That's true. And I'm it's one such of a different pace. Unless, yeah, yeah, and unless uh, unless it was more than two miles, I walked everywhere. Wow. And there are people who always. <laughs> um, so mo- when I left the city, it was actually much more difficult to walk. Mm-hmm. When you live in a not in the city, um, it's you find that you're in and out of your car all the time, and yep. there just wasn't that many places to walk to. I could walk from my old house. We moved about six years ago, uh, but from my old house, I could walk to one coffee shop mm-hmm. or a gas station that had a convenience store. Mm-hmm. So my morning routine actually was I would get <laughs> up early because I'm a total early bird, yep. and I would walk to the gas station to get a cup of coffee and have a long conversation with the two guys who worked in the gas station, who of course became my fast friends. We talked, you know, politics and yeah. kids and all kinds yeah, yeah. of things. Yeah, so for sure. did your kids, do your kids walk with you, Joyce, or is it just something you do with you and your friends? Uh, my kids walk with me rarely. <laughs> Every now and then uh, I have a, so I've got a 14 year old daughter uh-huh. and a 19 year old son. Every now and then when they have real cabin fever, especially in the midst of COVID and quarantine, Uh every now and then they'll say, okay, I'll come. Of course, I invite them all the time. Yep. Uh, 
but not often. My son will sometimes, both of them actually will sometimes run a couple of miles if Uh I'm willing to pick up the pace and run a couple of miles instead. Uh, But not usually. My husband will walk with me. Uh Uh, We walk couple of times a week, especially now, right? Everything's yeah. changed a little bit. You mentioned earlier that walking helped you check off three things, right? It helped you go outside, it helped you get movement in, and it helped you with big conversations. Do you find that that those three things help fight off like this epidemic of loneliness that people are in? The loneliness epidemic is so complicated, especially now. It is. I, I'm reading. I'm rereading uh, Dr. Murthy's book yeah. together. I just started uh, which, that book this week. Uh, he's so brilliant, uh, and he was. We had him on a walk and talk at mm-hmm. 99 Walks, and gosh, what a warm, wonderful person! And the book is just brilliant, and it's it's so interesting, right? Because the book talks a lot about the loneliness epidemic that we're experiencing in this country. It talks a lot about how the loneliness epidemic is driving some, some splinters within our society. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like everything he wrote two years ago, because that has to have been when he wrote it is so much more important right now on every level. So we, my company actually undertook our own, loneliness study. And what we found is that 72% of the women we interviewed, Mm -hmm. and that was 2,500 women, acknowledged that they are lonely. That's huge. That they experience loneliness. Uh, So one of the key takeaways, and I I talk about this, you probably heard it uh, in my TED talk, is when people feel that they're lonely, they're not alone. So part of that feeling is driven by the idea that everybody else is feeling awesome. (laughs) Right. And if we you're this not, false then there's idea. something wrong with you. Yeah. yeah. That we're n- assuming that everyone else is better off. Yep. Happier, more connected, mm-hmm. has all these rich, wonderful relationships. And while most people have some rich relationships mm-hmm. in their life, pretty much the vast majority have moments or pieces of their life that are driving these feelings of loneliness. And so when you're inviting a friend to go for a walk, do you have a strategy? Like if you're meeting a new friend, do you just jump out there and say, I want to go on a walk with you? Like I'm the walking lady. How do you initiate those conversations? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Um, You find, you find that a lot of women will raise their hand for a walk together. Mm Mm-hmm. And it definitely, for me, it feels way more comfortable than inviting somebody to your home, right? right. You, meet some, you meet another mom, you meet somebody, and unless your kids want to play together, which is, that's the easy one. But right, if they don't, yeah, once they age out of that, right? Like my kids are 7, 12, and 13, and those easy mom playground dates where like everyone likes each other are rarer and rarer. Absolutely. So it's weird to invite a new person to your house, mm-hmm. it's it's a little awkward. It's less awkward, but still a little awkward to say, do you want to meet for a cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. And I'm somebody who I just don't like sitting <laughs> on my ass for an hour and drink it and have a glass of, it's just not my yeah. thing. Uh, so my experience has been, if you ping someone, if you say, you know, oh, let's, let's take a walk one day. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, they'll be like, oh, I would love that. 
And then it's easy. You meet someplace. There are a couple of walks that I do over and over and over again right. in my community. And, you know, I'll meet you at Long Beach. Yeah. It's a safe. I love that going on walks um, as an easy way to make a new friend is it like levels the playing field because it's not your house. It's not their house. There are so many things it takes away. Like you don't have to be worried about someone's budget and if they can afford to go out to a restaurant somewhere or to meet you up. Like there are so many walking's free. Yeah, it even takes away, I know this is going to sound really stupid, but it even takes away that moment of who's paying for the coffee. Right, yeah. You know, not even a big budget, but you invite somebody out for coffee. Now you're both standing there, you both order. Do you pay? Does she pay? Do you go? It's like, it's like so stupid. You're talking about five bucks, right? But it still is that when it's not somebody that you know well, right? it's an awkward moment. There's always, and you know, there's the, the awkward moment of... Um, of friendship where you're not sure like if you have a lot in common but if you can go on a walk you can kind of figure out if there's more in common there than like hey or not listen it gets harder and harder <laughs> to make friends as we get older and you gotta liken it to dating Ooh, yeah you really do that's true you know i i'll tell a story of this one woman who I like a lot because she's got great energy and she's really positive and she's super active. And we've walked together a couple of times. But once you get past kind of the positive and like we've got nothing in common. And I think I think it kind of goes both ways that we just don't really like each other. And that's OK. <laughs> yeah. We don't dislike each other. It's just we are not meant this to be neutral friends. zone of. Yeah. yeah. Ambivalence. Uh huh. Yeah. Like. The relationship's never going to go past that. And I think we're both totally fine with that. Yeah. But it would be, I think, more uncomfortable if I invited her to the to my house for lunch. I right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really think that there is so much um, grace in inviting someone to go on a walk. That not only is it good for you, but it lets you test drive relationships that you wouldn't be able to test drive otherwise. And exactly. it lets you have those conversations, even when you have friendships, it lets you have those deep conversations because you're not necessarily looking at people in the eyes when you're walking. So there is like a comfortableness of having bigger, deeper conversations. Absolutely. You've got teenagers. So <laughs> I assume that you have adopted the value of shoulder to shoulder conversations. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if you've ever done any research around this, but when my son was younger uh -huh. and he was sort of just in that adolescent teen, you can't talk to them. Uh -huh. Of course, I was doing research, right? How do you talk to your teenager? And I came across something that has always stayed with me. And it said, you have to treat your teenager like a wild animal and don't look them in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to put that on a sticky note to remind me of that. <laughs> If you want to have a conversation, don't look them in the eye. So walking provides a good opportunity for that as well, if you can get your kids out the door with you. Yeah, no, that I the lack of eye contact conversation is often found in my car, is what I've realized with my teenagers. Yeah, yep. 100%. But the, the, same, the same works when you're walking with them, and then you get the added benefits of the happiness hormones that uh -huh. fire up when you get out walking. So if you can get your teenagers there... 
it's good. So is there a certain amount of time that you have to walk before the happiness hormones of like oxytocin kick in? Is there like minimums? Um, interestingly, everyone is different. Okay. Uh, the endorphins from what I have read for most people don't kick in until you're about 10 minutes in. Okay. Uh, and kind of rolls from there. But again, everybody is different. But you're a runner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anybody who runs or does any kind of slightly more intense exercise, and for me, for it's walking too. Yeah. You just know that the first 10 minutes are going to kind of suck. Always. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of plod through the first for running. It's about a good mile. And then I'm like, okay, I can go longer because that's about 10 minutes. And then when I was a newlywed um, and I didn't have any kids yet and we had moved to a different state the navy um i used to do chores like you know adam was gone and deployed and i would set timers to go outside and go on a walk and i would set like a eight minute timer walk one way and then walk home because i needed things to break up my day and walking has always been movement and more specifically walking has always been like the easy thing to do when i don't feel like i want to work hard at doing something yep yeah it's it's as somebody said in the 99 walks Facebook group recently, it's just a walk. I can get myself out the door by saying it's just a walk. And then more often than not, it leads someplace great mentally or emotionally or physically. Do you think as a society, like we don't give enough benefits to walking that we like look down on it as a form of exercise and that more people should try it? I think so. I think that's changing a little bit. I think people are really starting to embrace it. I think COVID is helping that a little bit because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who are walking through this difficult time. Absolutely. uh, And realizing how much better it makes them feel. But for sure, we've become a society that's more, more, more. If you're Mm -hmm. not killing it in a CrossFit workout you're not doing enough. Right. This all or nothing thinking, like you talked about today um, in the 99 walks group about not meeting your goal for the month of June, probably not meeting your goal and how we have to be okay with not always making our goals and that just showing up, taking time to exercise and walk and take care of yourself is a big part of standing back up. Do you feel like you're a better parent after you go on a walk or a better human? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no, no doubt. And I don't think I've ever spoken with anyone who has ever said, I was feeling stressed. I went for a walk and I came back and I felt worse. Right. (laughs) That's true. You're right. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say I came back worse from a walk. No, every now and then. Not so much with a walk, but sometimes with a run or something Mm -hmm. a little bit more intense, I'll head out, even for a walk from time to time, I'll head out the door and I'll think, nope, not today or nope, not right now. Mm -hmm. Every, every now and then it happens. And that is part of listening to your body Mm -hmm. and listening to your heart a little bit. But if, if you can go, Mm -hmm. you're always going to feel better for it. Do you have tricks that help you get out the door on those mornings that you're feeling like you're just not into it? Yeah. Um, I just remind myself that I never, I'm never into it. <laughs> That's uh, good to know. Is, 
Yeah, like I would I would always huh? rather sit on my couch, drink coffee and eat cookies than do anything else. Because coffee and cookies, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the couch, so, like it's comfortable. And yeah. <laughs> and your dog's right? probably right there too. Like it's cozy. Yeah. It's it's awesome. I think that we have thousands and thousands of years of programming mm-hmm. that says if you are someplace safe and there is available food, girl, you just sit there and take it in. So you got to kind of push past that. So part of it is I never feel like it. So you just have to get in the habit of going anyway. Do you do you feel like do you run when you feel like running or you run because you run? I run because I run because I set a big goal, a crazy audacious goal. And so now I have to keep doing it because I don't want to fail. <laughs> there you go. I've um, I've ran every day since July 1st, 2016. Every day, every day, at least one mile. I'm processing that. It sounds like I'm like silent on the podcast, but in fact, I'm just processing everything. Yeah, day. her face so, went like, wait. <laughs> yeah. So every day since July so, 1st, you know what, I've done at least one mile of running. And then I added in walking during coronavirus because I needed more stress relief. And I found the 99 Walk yep. Community. And I love silver bracelets. Um, with words on them. And I was like, okay, like I'm in. <laughs> like I'll do my morning run as soon as I wake up because I have to get it over with. Um, otherwise, I'll push it to like 11.45 p.m. and make myself run on the treadmill. So I either do it early or I like sneak it in to make sure I hit the 24-hour window. Um, but the rest of the time, like the day's available. I can go for a walk and that feels really good. And that's where 99 Walking. Walk helps. Yeah, walking for me tends to feel more like pleasure. Yeah, than it's work. restful. Mm-hmm. It's restful. It, but the truth is, it's doing incredible things for your body. Yeah. Incredible things. Yeah. There's a study, there's a study out of Canada that uh, a regular walking practice can literally add volume to your brain, literally makes your brain bigger. Wow. It helps fight off dementia and improves your decision-making and all of that. It builds the volume of your hippocampus. Wow. There's another study that a regular walking practice can add up to seven years to your life. Those are big things. Big things. In motherhood, like we look at all, we are bombarded, right? With advertisements about how to get your body back. And it's all these really strenuous, hard workouts that it's easy to discredit walking as doing amazing things for your body. Yep. And it's easy to fit in Mm -hmm. and you don't need any equipment. And if you have a baby, you can take that baby with you (laughs) in a stroller, in a backpack. Oh, yeah. Eventually, right, you'll have the little kid on its bicycle riding next to you, making sure it's not clipping your ankles because that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um. uh, one of the things that we see in the 99 Walks community that's just amazing are people sharing images of walking with their kids. Yeah. And the other thing, and it's so important, and now I could get all up on my soapbox so you can tell me to shut up. No, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> We've never known more about health, wellness, mm-hmm. and longevity mm-hmm. as we do right now, and yet we're getting sicker and sicker, yep. which is insane. But I think part of it, to your point, are the messages that we're mm-hmm. sending people. And 
the it's looking like the next generation is going to be the first generation that's not going to live longer than we are. And I believe with every fiber of my being that as a mom in particular, Mm -hmm. if you are modeling being active, and I don't mean going to the gym and killing yourself. I mean being somebody who moves, is active, who walks, who goes outside. We have the potential to change the way we're raising up this next generation. I think that's so true. Um, I think that Showing our kids that just moving our body is what counts and that we're not going for whatever aesthetic goal. We don't need to be the muscle women on top of in front of magazines, right? Like we just need to move in a functional way to enjoy our life. Exactly. Yeah. The And I really have appreciated the bingos that you guys have made before for the family walks that that totally got all of us out the door begrudgingly the 13 year old joined us um but i told her that we could turn around once we reached the bingo and she's like oh it can't take that long but things like that are a great way to initiate with a kid that feels um resistant to walking with you it's great to turn it into a game mm-hmm It's just fun to turn it into a game. Colors, we did a color challenge Mm -hmm. where every day it was go out and find something of a different color. The community loved that. So we're always looking for those kinds of things and they're super valuable for kids as well. So I'm curious though, did your 13 year old sort of stop complaining and kind of get into it? Yeah, 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 right? right? Like she started noticing things and I think her goal was to notice things faster so we could just get it done with. But like... (laughs) It, it kept her from complaining from having a job to look for. And she enjoyed it. I mean, she's a fit kid on her own. She's a black belt in martial arts. And so getting on a walk with her parents just felt like, you know, something we were making her do versus something she wanted to do on her own. So, yeah, but listen, <laughs> not checking things off the bingo box, uh-huh. the bingo card. Yeah. I don't care what she said. That was giving her those little bits of dopamine hit too. I agree. I mean, it just just has to, right? Like it's fun and novel and it makes you pause and look at things differently. So exactly. I don't know. Walking has really helped. We like to go on a walk in the evening and take a, we call it our popsicle walk because it's about a mile long and we all pick out a popsicle in the freezer after dinner. And it's like the time that we all get a popsicle for the evening. I love that. Yeah, that's just something simple, right? Like I I was like, that's my summer promise. I will keep the freezer stocked with popsicles (laughs) as long as we keep going on the walks. (laughs) I love that, popsicle walks. Yeah, and it's a one mile loop, so it's like no brainer once you get there. You don't have to make any decisions. You just have to start. Popsicle walks might become a thing. I'm just saying. Find you have routines around walking that feel help you feel safe in a time like this to help your mental health. When all of this started, I was walking with a girlfriend six feet apart, mm-hmm. the same trail every day, like freaks. <laughs> like we were sure if we didn't do this, we the we would collapse under the pressure. And honestly, it's just it's so interesting because some days the conversations are positive, some days the conversations are the mm-hmm. sky is falling. 
And this is a very good friend who was also quarantining, so we felt mm-hmm. pretty safe with yeah. each other. And we just, it was everything. It was every, it was a lifeline. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it. So at the end of every episode, we talk about self-care. Is that your self-care? Is walking like that with a friend? Walking is my self-care, whether it's walking by myself or walking with a friend. Uh, that is absolutely a tremendous part of my self-care. And the second piece of it, which is related, is trying to get a handle on my busyness. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That is that part of your um, book at all, Joyce? Because I know you have a book about walking. Do you mention do. busyness in your book at all? I haven't read your book. Um, so the book is called Walk Your Way to Better, and it's okay. 99 thought starters oh, around. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's not exactly a book about walking. Okay. It's really a book about giving yourself the time and the space to process some of the things that I think we all should be giving ourselves the space to think about. Uh, so busyness and how we're filling our lives is absolutely part of that message. Um, but I don't, I don't preach it. I really do say, take the time to look at your life and mm-hmm. decide what are the things that are most important to you and being sure that you are prioritizing the things that align with those priorities. Yeah. Excellent. So as you walk and you fill your time up, I'm sure you spend time with your great kids and how do you f- spend time as a family? How do you play and connect? Uh, we eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have always been a family dinner family. Excellent. Uh, and weirdly, the last couple of weeks, so we have a little pool in our backyard <laughs> and we have a blow up stand up paddle board. So awesome. occasionally we'll go out and paddle board. But strangely the last couple of weeks we've been eating outside Uh so we started eating at the table then we started eating by the pool and now my daughter and I eat floating on the stand-up paddleboard in the pool (laughs) I love it that is so cool what a fun memory I don't know how it oh I do know how it happened so talking about the same dog Uh his name is Moose Uh, My daughter decided it would be fun if we could train Moose to go out for rides on the paddleboard. (laughs) So then she thought it would be good to get him used to it, which is true. Mm -hmm. So then she put the stand-up paddleboard in the pool and started taking him for rides. And when I say the pool, like the pool is maybe one and a half times the size of the paddleboard. (laughs) So it's not like it's a big ride. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine (laughs) the dog going for rides on the paddleboard in the pool. That's pretty funny. I should post a picture of that one of these days. It'll show up on my Instagram now that we're talking about it. (laughs) So silly. Teenagers are the coolest when they have free time to like think big thoughts. Yeah. It's been so neat to see what the kids have tried out and explored with during this time of slowness. So I love that your family dinners are such a priority and now they're in the pool. And now they're in the pool. And interestingly, my son has started cooking. So my son, who has always liked food, but literally never knew where anything was in the kitchen. He came home from college in March, Uh like all the kids got sent home. And he started baking and cooking. That's so cool. Yeah, like we often wake up in the morning to fresh baked stuff. Wow. What's been your favorite thing that he's made? He made something that he hated, 
that I loved. It was like a Japanese style pound cake that was supposed to be this light, fluffy, eggy pound cake. But yeah. It ended up being really dense. Okay. So it was more like a custard, and I loved it, and he hated it, but I loved it. That's so cool that he's trying, like, complex-sounding recipes. Like, these are not easy-sounding things. Oh, no, he it's complicated. He's been (laughs) baking fresh bread. Homemade pretzels are amazing. (laughs) That's so cool. It's so neat. So mom's cooking? my, My 12-year-old cooks a lot. Yeah, that's kind of always been her thing. Like, we got her a muffin maker thing when those baby cakes pans when she was like Uh eight instead of an easy bake oven because I was like if you want to cook like let's get you something cool that you can grow with for a while so yeah she's been making dinner at least once a week since all of this started since we don't have any evening activities it's Mm -hmm. been nice to slow down and enjoy that yep and then they've done um they've started watching buzzfeed videos about different cooking challenges so buzzfeed did these like cooking skills that we found on hulu and it's like how to cut an onion or how to peel a carrot so then they've recorded themselves on youtube for their friends to watch how to like how they're like miserable like cutting onions and they're like sobbing during it and it's been hilarious to watch them put these challenges out there and edit videos and do fun oh, that's things awesome yeah that's awesome yeah, yes. it's it's fun. The the oldest one has been in charge of that one. And I was like, okay, like just make sure your seven year old brother doesn't like hurt himself. <laughs> like I'm there with band-aids on the ready. So <laughs> But yeah, it's fun. Well, thank you, Joyce, for coming on. If they want if people want to find more about ninety nine walks, where's the best part spot to find you? 99 walks is best found at 99walks.fit and we are also on social media 99 walks there's a facebook page and there's a (laughs) private facebook group uh there's a fun instagram feed that's Mm -hmm. pretty uplifting and positive and if anybody wants to find me personally i'm at joyce r shulman on all the social channels and you have your own podcast right is it on apple itunes or is it just in the 99 walks app We have a podcast called The Weekly Walk that my husband, Eric, and I do, and that is available, yep, on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or for the 99 Walks members baked into the app. Yeah, fantastic, because I was listening to it today. I was like, oh, yeah, I forget that it's, like, out there as a separate entity. So, well, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, and I will see you in the community. Yes. Well, now you know another strategy that I use to help me feel like a human while raising humans. Don't forget how important that is. You are exactly the right mom for your kids and your kids are exactly the right kids for you. You are so darn amazing and I am so thankful you're here. I hope you have a great week and that you listen again soon bonus points if you text a friend this podcast or send me a message on Instagram after you listen and tell me your favorite part. Thanks. You matter to me. Bye.